Welcome to the show, guys. We have an exciting episode today. We're talking with Charles. And have you ever wondered about life as a craft? That's right. The craftsman takes pride in their work. So why don't we take pride in our life, creating the best life possible? With that said, I've got my coffee. We're diving deep into life as a craft with Charles. With that said, I'm sending you strength and peace for the rest of the day. Get after it. Let's go. Oh, don't forget to subscribe. Let's go. Welcome to the show, guys, and welcome, Charles. How are you feeling today? I'm very well. Thank you so much. I'm over here on the other side of the world from you, Kristen, but I can see that uh, we're both in good spirits, at least at the moment. Absolutely. And maybe for the audience listening, they're a bit curious. Uh, what does it mean to uh, to practice life as a craft? So that's a great opening question. And uh, the the opposite uh, answer or the answer to that is the opposite, which is if you don't practice life as a structured craft, you're basically flying through life blind by the seat of your pants. So it so so it, it really is an alternative uh, approach to thinking about life in its entirety, all the different subjects that we're associated with and looking at it very much in the same way that all of us are trained in the trades, occupations, professions, and vocations that we take up in life. We, we go through those in a very structured way. Yeah. Uh, there's a body of knowledge to learn. There's levels of proficiency. There's, you know, excellence and improvement in one's technique, you know, as you go through and you get more skilled and more skilled and you see the development and the progress. And we're all, I mean, it's a universal idea everywhere in the world. Uh, but when it comes to the rest of life, all the other things that uh, happen to us in life, there's no curriculum. Yeah. There's nothing that's been put before us that says, now here's the, now here's the entirety of the career component is one part of your entire life but let's take that same you know under you know structure if you will a framework to the rest of the things in life so life as a craft is basically saying to people you know what this means but most of us were never trained in this by our parents you know or others coming up and now maybe it's time for us to see that there is a framework out there that is available to us and that we can organize uh, our workbench uh, you know to be uh, something that we can useful not have one project in your workbench at a time and and not have the world be so cluttered and uh, you know so so messy if you will life does not have to be a terror it can be a craft mm, it can be a craft okay and do you, do you have a background in in crafts in craftsmanship or how did this idea come about to develop this this podcast? You know, that's a great question. Um, so far, you're, you're great questions. Okay. <laughs> so, the, so the idea, um, when you say a background in craftsmanship, um, I don't know that there is such a thing um, as a separate, distinct discipline that's different from anyone else. We all believe it or not, have a background in craftsmanship. And I use, right. I use craftsmanship as the, you know, it doesn't mean the gender craftsman, it is craft humanship, right? So craftsmanship is just a simple, and if you think of the word craftsmanship, it does not specifically define any particular trade, any particular occupation, any particular profession. What it does define is a state and a process of excellence of execution. So when you, when you start to learn about craftsmanship, for many of us, our first entry into craftsmanship in a structured way is when we start moving into our apprenticeship years in our teens, and we now start moving into our higher education, which then takes us on to our trades, occupations, and professions. So, um, there, but I've studied it in its thousand different manifestations uh, for over 30 years now. So I have begun developing the way of craftsmanship as a universal set of principles that everyone will recognize mostly in their own life experience from that, so to speak, higher education and moving on to um, moving on to trades, occupations and professions. And you'll find within that experience 
that you have experienced craftsmanship and you probably practice it, but uh, we're, we're not taught it as a separate, distinct, standalone principle or guiding principle from our youth. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I started it. Um, the, the, the answer to your second part of your question is, um, one day I was confronted thinking about my young daughter uh, who had asked me some very adult questions at age six. And I realized <laughs> that I didn't really have a framework or a curriculum for teaching her the you know, life as a craft. And so that started me on a journey of thinking about what are the skills and what are the uh, the knowledge that she needs to learn beyond what she learns in school. Can I, can I ask what those questions were, if you don't mind? Or yes, <laughs> <laughs> she she came up to me in the kitchen one day, Christian, and she said, "Dad, six years old now, so Dad, um, what's life all about and what's my purpose?" And I and I'm looking down, and she's she's you know she's down here somewhere. And I'm six foot one standing above her and I'm going, my dear child, where did you come up with that question? Wow. And I said, well, you know, you know, like Mickey Mouse says something. And she said, dad, I'm not a kid. Don't tell me, you know, Mickey Mouse says da da da. And I realized, goodness sake, she was serious. She was asking a real question. She, I don't yeah. know where she got it, but she knew what she was asking. So that was the moment, you know, and I think every parent hits that doorway somewhere along the line when their little one asks a real question and you realize, gosh, their mind is awake. They're, yeah. they're on their way now, right? And they're capable of looking at mom and dad or, or their guardian, their guardians, whoever they may be, and seeing whether or not they know their stuff or whether or not they're making it up as the Mickey Mouse yeah. <laughs> quotation. Yeah. So that's, that's how it started. Okay, and so I'm I'm curious to to unpack because just for those people that are listening, so Charles has a has a podcast, um, uh, and it's called the Life Masterpiece Podcast, and so I, I, if you, if you don't mind, I, I don't mind to unpack that a little bit and go through touch on some of the episodes. So it takes the listener down a journey, uh, yeah, about life as a craft and. You, you, you speak of the apprenticeship phase. So you're, and I, I noted down that it, it all begins at about 12 to 14 years of age. And yeah, so it's, it's almost like this responsibility is passed down to children at, at such a young age. And I think that's a great thing because yeah, I didn't get my first job till I was about 18, 19. So um, I mean, each to their own, everyone's different, but I think it's, it's great to pass down the responsibility to, at a younger age. Um, yeah. For, for development, for, for mental development. I think it's a great idea. Um, and was there any, how did you, uh, was there any research or how did you, was that your own conclusion that you've, that you come to that age or. Um, yes. Great. So Good. So we can take 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 that element. So, as you described to the listeners, um, what I call a podcast is 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 more of an audio presentation of a series of writings that I'm presenting. As as you've listened to them, you realize I, I'm not interviewing anyone or so forth. The the episodes in the podcast are really designed as if I were giving um, a, in, not an instruction, but a, uh, an oral lesson to a younger child. Right. And I, and, and I don't mean that it's, and you've heard them. They're, they're, they're not, you know, childlike, uh, they're just, uh, they're just explanations, uh, oral explanations of, of the master ideas. So one of the master ideas is through the research into craftsmanship, um, over the 30 years was, that in traditional craftsmanship and in traditional uh, occupations, trades, and professions around the world for thousands of years, uh, when a young person uh, reaches a certain age, uh, begins what they call a crossover moment. And it's oftentimes called a rite of passage. And every culture around the world has this rite of passage. Some of them are very ceremonial and symbolic, 
and other rites of passage at that age can be, you know, physically, you know, difficult, such as circumcision or something along those lines. And, and depending on the culture, each culture has its own rites of passage in which basically they're bringing the child to the doorway and saying, starting today and through this symbol and or physical event that's going to happen to you, you are crossing over from the childhood into the society of adults. And from this day going forward for a specified period of time, it's approximately 12 years or so, you are going to enter into the stage that we call apprenticeship. And apprentice means to learn, to apprehend, yeah. right? So in life as a craft, we take the four stages from traditional craftsmanship, which are apprenticeship, followed by journey work, followed by master works, and then on to mentorship. We take those four phases in traditional craftsmanship, which you will find almost ex stated exactly the same way in so many trades, including our schools. Think about it. You go in as a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, a senior, right? Those stages exist in all of our formalized trainings. Well, if we were to take all of life from age 12, 14 to age 65, 85 and beyond, we can break life into those four phases of apprenticeship, journey work, masterworks, and mentorship, and look at life then as this ongoing continuum that has purpose and meaning at each of those stages for the rest of our lives, as opposed to our lives being, you know, you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. No, that's not it. In craftsmanship, you are fulfilling a journey that's already set before you. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's deep. That's, um, that's that, and that's that's partly why I enjoyed the the podcast because, I, yeah, I feel like in the age of social media, in the age of digital marketing, there's a lot of fake gurus, there's a lot of fake masters that that say, oh, you can you can you can achieve these results in in one year, in two years, you know. And I look at your work, and it's you're so right because to become an actual master or to become an actual a master of anything, it takes years and years and years of of experience you know these and it takes a lot of patience and endurance to i think society is missing that part of yeah putting that that work in day in day out you know and yeah it's 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 a long haul it's not easy <laughs> no you you know and making a masterpiece never is yeah. making a masterpiece is not designed to be easy mm. Making a masterpiece is the result of time and focused energy well spent in learning and practicing to improve and acquire the skills necessary to produce the end product, whatever it is, whether it's a law or a yeah. book or a pot or a computer program. I mean, all of these things require observation, study, practice, and improvement. And this takes place over a period of time. And everyone listening to this podcast, including you, I mean, I've looked at your the work that you have done in your own uh, craft work. I've, I've, I've seen the credentials that you've acquired from different places, from your learnings and your trainings. I've listened to some of your podcasts about meditation and flow, which actually is very craftsmanship oriented, by the way, that particular episode. And you did not do that overnight. No. Nor did you acquire the skills of being a podcast host overnight. So we, when we acquire skills through commitment to achieving a level of excellence in something. And usually we're drawn to it for one reason or another, right? That's purpose. We're drawn to it. And we can have many trades over our lifetime. But fundamentally, if every trade that we practice is being approached from the perspective of craftsmanship, which is excellence of execution, balance and perfection, and the time associated with the processes and the tools, which we could get into, which is really another fabulous part of all of this. Yeah. Then we start talking about something that every human being listening to this podcast has experienced in one way or another. So then it turns to your point, which says, then why are we listening to this great myth that's being perpetrated on everyone 
by the internet and social media of all these people trying to be nothing else but they're fakes. They're they're not good craftsmen. It is it is it, it's 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 an imitation. It's not. It's a photocopy. They're trying to look and be something. They're trying to sound authentic, but if you touch the work, it isn't. It fails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I wanted to touch into into the journey work phase. And this is the. I believe it's the second phase. The second in, phase in second life phase. is a craft. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing I'm in this phase at the moment. Um, so this is probably 20, uh, 25 to 45, somewhere I'm, in there. I'm, I'm 30 years old. So okay, you're right in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. And uh, this is an interesting phase. So you, you and I appreciate you speak of endurance and uh, yeah, a lot of it requires a lot of almost grit. Because, it does. Grit, yeah. it's a good word. <laughs> yeah, that's a great word. So journey work in traditional craftsmanship, and I keep coming back to the way of craftsmanship because the entire work that I've done, uh, life as a craft, and the and the place where I'm putting the work out now to the world and the Life Masterpiece Journal, which we can talk about later, that folks can go there and get some of that information, <clears throat> is all based on 30 years worth of study and refinement of the actual way that our trades, occupations, and professions are structured and have been practiced for thousands of years around the world. So none of this is made up. This is actually, and so when, when I start talking about these phases or I start talking about the five elements, which is the curriculum to study, all of this, if people will listen and, and, and relate to something in their own lives, I am very confident that they will probably recognize this in their own trade or profession or whatever it is that they have committed to to study. Not something that they did on the weekend, but I'm talking about something that they had to commit to and spend time to study. Mm. So that phase two journey work in the world of traditional craftsmanship uh, takes place after formal apprenticeship has been completed. So when you would go into a trade occupation or profession, the master craftsmen and women who would be training you would be constantly testing you for proficiency and knowledge in the materials of the craft that you've chosen, the processes associated with creating the end, uh, let's say objects or work product. It, it didn't have to be physical. It could be you know, a mind product, a craft. And then your use and knowledge and application of the tools of the craft. So this would take place in most trades occupations over approximately a seven year period, right? But the apprenticeship period in our life starts at age 12, 14, and goes on till we complete our higher education somewhere in the, the, the early 20s. Then what happens in traditional craft traditions around the world is the apprentice is released into the world and is given the name journeyman or journeywoman. And think of the word journey, yeah. right? And, and it's coming from actually jour, the French word for day. So journeyman or journeywoman phase in the craft of life is the day work you will now perform as you step out into the world to earn your living through the application of your skills in your trade, right? Mm -hmm. That what you have learned during your apprenticeship. And you are what we would call a trained craftsman or craftswoman, but you are not as yet a distinguished craftsman or craftswoman because you have not applied your skills in the marketplace and earned your way in your living. So this next 20 years, 25 to 45, that second phase in life as a craft is you've got the backpack on, you've got the <laughs> tool belt and yeah. you're going out into the world. <laughs> And you've got the heat of the sun on your back. And as you're going and you're trying to make your way and make your name and apply your skills and earn your living, chances are pretty good that you're also, this is the time when you'll start your own family for, for many people. It's sometime during that period. Children will start coming along. A home will start being established, which needs to be managed in a good way, just like a master's workshop is properly managed. So this journey work phase of 20 years 
has an extraordinary amount. This is, and that's why it takes strength and endurance. And it's no wonder that we're at our strongest physically and mentally during that 25 to 45 period, that 20 year period, because you need that. So you're in the ring, right? You're in the ring boxing for that 20 years. Wow. And I want to um, just focus in on one point that you mentioned uh, about not burning yourself out. And I think that's such a crucial thing because I've been a victim of this, uh, maybe burning the candle at both ends um, and trying to really want to accomplish all these things. But then I kind of sit back and say, hey, you know, life's not a race. Life is more of a marathon. It's about pacing yourself. It's about really... And sometimes I think it's even about enjoying life. It's about sitting back and uh, just appreciating the, just appreciate smelling the roses, you know, and yeah, I'll, maybe you can touch on that, that, that area of um, burnout, because I, I think it's, I feel like it's such a common thing we see in today's society. People are just wanting to achieve more and more and more, but it's, it's, yeah. So in the world of traditional craftsmanship, in the journey work phase, it was a very common and still is today uh, in many countries uh, and journeyman and journey woman in, in different countries actually wear special uniforms that, that signify what trade they are and that they're in their journey work. And they carry a journeyman or journey woman's journal in which it's stamped from the places that they go work. It's like a resume. Yeah. And one of the key elements they are taught during the journey work phase is the idea of um, self-reliance and interdependence. And this is very interesting. Self-reliance is depending on one's own skills and capability, but interdependence is the idea of holding one another up in a, in a camaraderie. Now, they understood, and they still understand today in those trades and crafts that teach this, that this period of time is designed for pacing because it requires a significant amount of energy. You need to endure the encounter. And to endure the encounter, you need to not only build strength for the encounter, but then only release your energy as needed in order to get through that encounter, right? If you release the energy too much or too hard or too fast, if you're up on a roof and you're a roofer as your trade, you're going to fall off, yeah. right? Because you've, you've overextended yourself. In today's world, there is this myth that has been perpetrated on the world's population and especially the younger generation that fast is good. Yeah, yeah. Get to the top before anyone else. Become a rock star, <laughs> stand alone. And here's exactly what happens to that fall that, you know, that's just like, dang, you know, I can use a lot of metaphors, but here's basically what happens. You look at those individuals who try to be the global entrepreneur. They try to be the perfect, you know, health fit body or, you know, uh, the social media followers, whatever the case may be. They may achieve that pinnacle that they were looking for, but once they hit that pinnacle, they stall. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like, now, now where to go? What's around? Wait a minute. What, uh, where's everybody else? Uh, so now what do I do now? They never were taught from the early first stages that get to that pinnacle, but do it in a balanced way as you move up through, because when you get there, guess what? There's going to be a whole lot of other friends with you. And that's when you sit back, as you said, and you're smelling the roses and then you're enjoying life because you have now developed both your self capability as well as your interdependence. This is not a message that's taught through social media and the website gurus no. and whatever you want to go. But this message is as old as humanity itself. Mm. And it is taught in our trades and our occupations and professions. We just need to go back and start listening to that again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to, I want to play devil's advocate for a little bit and I want to touch on the idea of, uh, because being a craftsperson is about perfection. Now, it's interesting because I spoke to a person on the podcast the other day who had the idea of uh, it's not about 
perfection, it's perfecting. So, which I guess that that's relates to your point, uh, incremental success into incremental excellence, which that's right, which is a fantastic idea because yeah. Do you mind touching on that idea? Incre incremental excellence? Yes. So incremental excellence is a, uh, let's, 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 let's tell a story. Let's go to the far East. Let's go to Japan and there a craftsman or craftswoman is known as a shokunin. And, and the highest level of craftsmanship, which they say takes 30,000 hours to attain, one, one achieves the title of Takumi, right? And, so, and, and did, I don't, did you listen to the Way of Craftsmanship episode where I took you around the world to the different crafts locations? I, I, I remember hearing about the 30,000 hours. Um... Okay. So there, there's a, there's a word that has uh, come into the common business lexicon around the world. And um, the word is called Kaizen. And Kaizen, if for your audience to be familiar, simply means small incremental improvements. And the idea behind it was, is that when the craftsman or craftswoman would go every day in the morning out to their trade, they had only one idea in mind. When practicing their trade, they would come away from the day's work completely satisfied if they had just improved one small area <laughs> of the trade that day. Yeah. It could have been a move to the left. It could have been a little move to the right. But they didn't have to shoot off rockets for the day in order to be, oh, we had a million-dollar day and whatever. They were totally satisfied by small incremental improvements. That is the idea behind balance and perfection. So when you say perfection, it doesn't mean you become perfect. It means you are pursuing incremental excellence. Yeah. So it's a pursuit. Yeah. And it's understood that all the days of your life, there will be incremental excellence that to achieve perfection meant you gave up. No, it's perfect. No, we can produce in our craft, our trade work, whatever our trade is, we can produce good quality works every day and present those works to the world for their use and, and encounter and consumption. And those works, we can consider them to be good quality works. That's the nature of craftsmanship to produce good quality works, right? Works that speak for themselves. And we do that all the time. We don't say that they're perfect. We don't have to say they're perfect. We can say they are of quality workmanship, right? Yes. And that quality workmanship can be the way that you treat your children, the way that you have moved as a colleague through an office, the way that you do something at your workbench in the factory or in the field. That is the ultimate day-to-day -day work of doing this. However, in the continuation of your life, you're always pursuing those small incremental improvements, right? So it is this idea that your work can be and is good and can be presented to the world as good if you followed craftsmanship, right? Yeah. But your life is something as well as your work that you'll always sit back and look at it when you're having that little cigar or drink or tea at the end of the day. And you can say, you know, I think I could do this or I could do that. And when your mind is thinking about it, you are pursuing craftsmanship at that moment because you're always seeing something new. Yeah. And you touched on also anxiety uh, and mental health, which I think is such a important thing in, in today's world. Uh, yeah, maybe if you could shed some light on, on, on the aspect of mental health, because yeah, the, the constant, I guess the constant pressure is can also have a have a toll on on the individual as well. Uh, yeah, that goes to your burnout question. Yeah, uh, that that that's exactly what ends up happening is that you exhaust the resource. So if we step back and look at the human being, so when we get into life as a craft and we start looking and thinking about life as a craft, something to be learned in its entirety and there, that there is a structure to it, 
we then come to the realization that our ultimate goal is making a masterpiece of our own life. And that we are the craftsman or the craftswoman of our own life. So if you're going to go to work on your own life and crafting it as a masterpiece over the four phases of your life, then you must acquire the skills and practice and use the correct tools and the correct amount of pressure. Not too much, not too little. You need to become skilled if you're going to work on your life. Because if you start going to work on your own life as an unskilled, untrained craftsperson, which is what a lot of people do, they drive themselves into a place where they're harming the primary material of the trade, which is me, my life, the human being. And this is an all too problematic situation with the world we live in today, because there are so many people trying to give you the idea that you need to do this, you need to do that, way before you've, you've learned and trained in the true way of apprenticeship and journey work. They try to get you to jump in and start fixing and doing things to yourself. And that's like giving, you know, someone a hammer or a saw and telling them, go fix that wall over there. You know, there's a, probably a good chance they'll break the wall and bring the whole thing down. Yeah. Because they haven't been trained and they have no skills. Do you follow what I'm saying? Um, so in the, in, the, in the area of mental health and all of these, when we as individuals, as individual human beings, either are not trained and we start going to work on ourselves, both our inner human being or our outer physical human being, we can cause great and irreparable damage to ourselves if we don't look at our life as a craft and our individual lives as the work that we're going to be working on. So there are others outside of us who also, if they're not trained and skilled, and too many of us listen to too many of them, they too, with their inappropriate advice, with their unskilled uh, application of tools or methods or procedures can also cause great and irreparable damage to us, the human beings. So yeah. in the way of craftsmanship, the fundamental principle that a crafts, master craftsman will teach you when you're learning your trade is that when you find an area of your material, in this case, the human being that needs to be worked on, bring in the counsel of other journeymen and masters who are trained in these particular areas. And in the case of mental health, if in fact it's identified by you or those close to you who you trust that there is something of need, you need to bring yourself to master craftsmen and women who are trained in the deeper elements of mental health that may require significant intervention and skills because they need to be applied carefully. You don't do this on your own, right? Mm. You do this at the hands of master craftsmen and craftswomen. But but as in any craft trade, the master will teach you, therefore, because you as a material are delicate and can easily be damaged and will take a lot of work to repair, choose your mentors, that is your masters and your teachers, choose them wisely, choose them with care, you know, try to understand their capabilities and their skills, because at, at, after all, at the end of the day, it's our individual lives that we're giving over to these people. To, and we do it every day. And we do have good people that we work with, mental health professionals and others. But be aware that if you're not skilled and trained in those crafts, then seek out those who are. Okay. Uh, I want to touch on the masterwork phase. So transitioning to that, to the next phase of the, of the journey of the, yes. Uh, so ages 45 to 65 is the masterwork phase. Um, and this is, so my understanding is that it's, you've kind of, you've finished the apprenticeship, you've finished the journey work, and now you're in this phase of, uh, Becoming Master a master, mastery. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that. Uh, once again, going back to the historical structure of our trades, occupations and professions, because this is not just my opinion. I want your listeners to understand that every time we go into something like this, I'm taking them back into something that's been tested for 10,000 years in the human experience. Yeah. yeah. 
and we're just we're just we're 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 breathing life into it to make them realize and understand it's available to them every day. So in traditional trades, occupations, and professions, here's what would happen. Over that journey work period, depending on the trade or occupation will determine how long you're in your journey work phase, but in the craft of life, and this craft goes on for 80 something years, <laughs> the journey work phase is about 20 years. So when our journey work phase is coming to an end, and we're starting to cross into about age 45. This is the time when we're once again, a rite of passage crossing over the threshold into the next phase of life called masterworks. And this is where we are going to be designated and become a master. Now let's talk about this very clearly. Anyone in a journey work phase in traditional trades, crafts and, and professions, in order to be able to cross into the masterworks phase, they had to produce a work. Now that work could be in whatever medium their trade was in, yeah? stone, clay, words, whatever the, the medium was in. And they would bring that work, a piece of work to usually what was called a guild, a guild or in a society or an association. And this is a collection of practitioners in that trade and craft who've set standards of quality and excellence for work. So before you could be designated a master, you had to present a work, something that speaks for itself, to the collective, to the guild. And this piece of work was called a masterpiece. And this would be put on the table, whatever it was, and now the guild and the collective is going to look at it and judge it according to the standards of craftsmanship in that particular trade occupation and profession. And if they granted that it met those standards, you were given the title of master. You are now a master in the craft, right? Master carpenter, master electrician, et cetera, et cetera. Now, once you became a master, in many trades, occupations, and professions, this was the period in time, only period in time, in which you could be legally granted the right to open your own workshop. So prior to that, you couldn't open your own workshop, right? right? Okay. Okay. So you had to, one, present that you were capable and a master in the trade and the craft. And secondly, if you then said, I want to go about opening my own workshop, you then had to train in another area, which was how to operate and run a successful workshop as a viable commercial enterprise. So there was now a level of training that you had to go through during this period in order to be able to open the workshop and have apprentices and journeymen and women working in that workshop. So that's the tradition. In the craft of life, as we move into the masterworks phase over that 20 years, if you think about, for most of us, this ends up being the period of time where we're probably now highly skilled in our trade, occupation, and profession, right? And we're starting to really hum. Uh, this is probably the peak earning period in our life, you know, that 45 to 65 period. Um, but there's a lot of other things that start coming along during that period. And one of them in our modern time is called a midlife crisis. <laughs> okay. Right. And sometime during that phase, it's not unusual or unheard of for a man or a woman at this particular phase in life to start having a bit of a conflict. That is that their spirit and their internal human being and their external and outer human being have gone through changes whereby there's now something in conflict. They're not flowing in the same time in the same place together. They're out of sync, yes? And in the way of craftsmanship, it teaches us that craftsmanship at its moment of art is what today we call flow. Right. And that flow is that moment when everything is in sync, everything is running together. So during this 45 year, during this 20 year period, the idea behind this is, as you heard in the, in the episode, is to open the eyes to men and women listening to this podcast, that this is the time period when the individual begins a particular work, 
not only their masterpieces in their trade occupation and professions, but they begin the development of an artifact that's called the master's journal. And the master's journal becomes the center of the masterworks phase for this period of our 20 year uh, lifespan. And the master's journal has a very particular function that needs to be accomplished during this 20 year period. This is the place where that craftsman or craftswoman now in their masterworks phase starts to record the primary principles, practices, methods, procedures, rules, guidelines of things that need to be left to the next generation that they have learned and perfected during their work time. And that's why it's roughly a 20 year period because as they're producing masterworks during this 20 year period, they also must be thinking about what am I going to leave behind, right? And that's why it's important that they start this master's journal during this particular period. And so that's what we talk about in that episode is how to think about if you are in the masterworks phase of life, 45 to 65, start thinking about creating and beginning your master's journal. And I'll let people go there and listen to that episode to understand the guidelines associated with that. Okay. Um, and now moving into the, into the next phase, you, you spoke of mentorship, which is interesting because I'm, I'm only assuming that that's in the next, yeah, that's in the next uh, age, age group. Um, six, 65 to 85 to 85 that's yeah plus plus because if yeah. you get past 85 you can still keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think you you you, you quoted uh, at some it was a i can't remember his name but uh at Hope 100 yeah um that was fascinating do, do you mind expanding expanding on on the mentorship phase I, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So in life as a craft, uh, the fourth phase of mentorship is a phase. And as you may recall from listening to the episode, I, I speak to the listener uh, to differentiate the act of mentoring, which is something that we can do throughout our lives from the phase that we're calling mentorship. Mentoring, as we all know, is the idea of of being a guide to another at a time when they may require a particular skill set that you have, right? And you are mentoring. And that comes from mentor, the tutor of Telemachus, the son of Odysseus, right? In the, okay. in the, in the Greek uh, history. Now, mentorship, though, is a formal fourth stage or fourth phase of life. And that says to all of us, when we arrive at this new threshold for crossing over, there is around the world and has been for thousands and thousands of years in human history, a rite of passage that they call eldership. You are now becoming, you're moving from the mastery phase, masterworks to becoming an elder. And the elders were highly respected individuals in our villages and our tribes and our nations and clans from time immemorial. And what we were taught as human beings and still to this day exists all over the world. If you go to places in Asia and whatnot, I mean, the, the, the reverence for the elders and the family is still extremely strong. Wow. In fact, there are many laws, which if, if you even talk back to an elder, you can go, go to jail, right? Wow. So, but when, but when being given this rite of passage to eldership, they were also being given not just respect and honor, but a new responsibility that they had to take up for the next remaining uh, period, the final phase, eldership. And, their, and the idea was to be mentors as an entire phase of their life, mentorship. So what I captured and put into that podcast episode around mentorship was a just like in Masterworks phase where you begin and you create your master's journal as a key goal or objective of that phase in your life. Now in this fourth phase of your life mentorship, which I am in now, the key goal at the center of that 20 plus year period is to begin to gather together 
a specific collection of artifacts, including your master's journal, and determine which of these artifacts and teachings are going to be packaged together and left as a final work, a singular final work to the next generation coming along when you now pass on to the other side, right? So the, the fact is that it takes a great deal of focus and concentration during this last 20 years to strip away all of the extra extraneous things that come along with any individual's life and bring it down to those simple key masterpiece components that standing alone by themselves when you are no longer present speak for themselves and in their presence teach that next generation and they become physical artifacts and if we look back to the element one in life as a craft which is the curriculum family heritage which is element one in the five elements of life as a craft yeah. this what you're leaving behind is part of that family heritage and in the way of craftsmanship around the world what it says is a true craftsperson is not someone who just does a work for themselves that is pleasing to themselves, but that they must give that work out into the world at large so that others may benefit by it. So the true craftsperson has that duality of purpose, right? So in that mentorship phase, you know, when we're slowing down a little bit and maybe we're enjoying the grandchildren is not a time for just switching off the light and going to sleep. It's the exact opposite. It has a very specific and has a great deal of purpose in what you're leaving behind. Yeah. Yeah. Reflecting on, on my personal life, um, my, my mother's Italian and we come from an Italian background and yeah, I know that one one tradition is is making the sauce and uh it's 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 a it's like it's a family tradition and it's it's funny because when you mention all these these steps and all these processes it's it reminds me how how important these these family traditions these family traditions are because sometimes i feel like oh why do i have to do all this physical labor but it's actually it's it's good to keep these 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 things going in in the family so um yeah which brings me on to my next point i guess uh the the family heritage um yeah it's you, you spoke of which i found interesting uh confucius uh he had 80 generations 2 million 2 million members in his family his, tree his wow. family tree that's pretty amazing yeah it's the biggest one in the world yeah so you're touching upon now what started in my kitchen with my young daughter uh, when she was six years old and she asked me that question. The, the first things that came to my mind were, well, what's the curriculum? If I'm going to teach her life as a craft, you know, um, then what's the curriculum? Because there's no trade craft or occupation that you go to study that doesn't have a curriculum. Yeah. It, it's all pre-built. Now, here's what you're going to study in year one, two, three, and four. You know, here are your teachers, here are the classrooms, here is the shop or whatever. You know, you're going through a structured, you know, curriculum. So I thought, well, if life is a craft, then it has to have a curriculum. So that's what started that particular journey um, in which uh, I looked at all the different subjects and topics that are she's not learning in school and she's not learning anecdotally from mom and dad. And we would go to the library on Saturdays and start going through different books and thinking about and asking, what about this? What about that? And what ended up happening over, it took two years, it boiled down to that everything that we could look at or we're talking about broke down into five basic master categories, master topics. And so when people go to see the work that's been done, they'll see something called the five elements of which you just described the first one, which we can talk about. And that was that if the human being is the work at the center of life as a craft, then in the way of craftsmanship, that is called the material. The human being is the material that's going to be worked on. Then there were the processes and the tools. So in the way of craftsmanship, a master craftsman would then teach apprentices, the first thing you're gonna learn is to know everything there is to know about the material. 
right? Clay, wood, whatever the case may be. So if we're thinking about the human being, let's start with the human being. Where do human beings as an organic material, we're not sheet metal, we're an organic material like a tree. Where do human beings sprout from? The family. This is the place where human beings are seeded and, and begin to grow, right? Inside a garden called a family. And as you go through that phase one, that element one, learning about family, you start to realize that this thing called family is this culmination of heritage. It was the past and the stories coming down from people who pre-existed. It's the present of the family who's in today and today's heritage, the culture, the language, right? It is the traditions such as the sauce. It is all of those things, family heritage, over the first 12 years of your life and on, who you are and who you first see yourself to be is greatly influenced by the family within which you were germinated and took your first growth. Mm. So that's why family and inside family heritage, that element one are about 20 different subjects and topics that you could study. And family symbols, uh, family heirlooms, family traditions, family genealogy. I mean, you could just go in and in and in and in, and right? But they all come under that master category, family heritage, right? Which leads to element two, which you may have seen. Did you see family management? I didn't do a deep dive into that, that one. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you could, you could enlighten me on that, on the family management aspect. So what that basically says, going back once again to the human being being the primary material that we're working on to make a masterpiece of, you then look inside and say, all right, then there's the heritage that goes along with that human being. But in what kind of a garden, how well managed was that garden? In other words, that that place, that workshop in which that human being grew. Right? right. So this goes down to the relationship of a master's workshop. Right. So every one of us grows in, up inside a home. A home is a physical place. Right. It might be well kept and beautiful or it might be dilapidated and breaking down <laughs> around you. Right. A home is also a set of procedures and policies and rules among the members of the home. A home is, is, is all of these elemental components and the management of that home by the two top managers or one top managers if it's a single parent home is entirely the focus of family management because if the managers don't have skills to run a well-organized smooth workshop the apprentices and journeymen and journey women growing up there are going to have a difficult time <laughs> it's yeah. not going to go well right so family management is the second critical element of a human being what kind of a family did you come out of was it well managed or not and today there is this world called the dysfunctional family which seems yeah. to be everywhere right so this is getting mm -hmm. directly to the antithesis of the dysfunctional family is a well managed family yeah so element 2 takes the listener into understanding what are the skills and the processes and procedures that good family management teaches us and that we can learn so that as we become parents during our journey work years, we can run a well-managed home just like a master runs a well-managed workshop. Mm. Yep. Okay, leading into the, into the next point, which was the family and personal finance which is such a crucial element to, I guess, my understanding was you're leaving, I guess, financial, uh, a financial foundation for your children or, yeah. If, 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 if that is possible and that for, for sure, the, 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 the central idea behind that is that there are an enormous number of households that while they may try to uh, teach their heritage and pass that along, uh, while they may try to be skilled managers and run a good household from policies and love and other things, that they may be woefully ineffective in the management of money and finance that 
ultimately ensures the well-being of those members of that family. And it's become an overly complicated issue. And that is why when, when we looked at, you know, all the things that go on in life that you want to teach your children going forward, there was an enormous body of work that we were running against that talked about the catastrophe and, and the calamity of mismanaged finance. And it was one of the number one causes of divorce and separation of families was this financial issue. And in the way of craftsmanship, everything has to do with the idea that any subject or topic can be learned, then practiced, and then incrementally improved over time so that you can be proficient in that capability, right? So why wouldn't family and personal finance and the way that that is put together in a home be just the same? And so we now today see all kinds of, you know, teachers and mentors out there on the internet, you know, uh, giving advice and uh, training and services and so forth and so on, you know, with regard to managing money and whatnot. And everyone has to choose their own mentors, right? Everyone has to choose their own teachers. But the, 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 the reason why there are so many of them is because it's such a big and important need. And that if people don't have the skills and good processes for family and personal finance, it can have a significant effect on the individuals who are growing up in that household and the way that they will go forward, you know, into their journey working for the rest of their lives and, and making a masterpiece of their life because they may have not so good experiences uh, in that regard. And they may have to go back and do a lot of learning and repair work uh, to take care of themselves, right? And not keep coming back to mom and dad for money for the rest of their lives or, you know, other kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's a critical skill and that's what that third important element is all about. Yeah. Okay. And I, I believe the next element is the next element human being. It is. is it is. So uh, my understanding, this was more of a spiritual or a, a mental uh, dialogue um, in this in this part. Well, so what it what it basically it's 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 both it's all of those it's both uh, yeah. intangible and tangible it's both yeah. the inner human being and the outer human being going back once again to the 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 fundamental uh, uh, theme of what we're talking about here if life is a craft and if we are the craftsperson of our own lives then what is the primary material of the craft of life and the primary material is us individually human yeah. beings that's who we are right human beings are an organic material so if i'm teaching my daughter to be a craftsperson of life then she's going to say all right dad so what's the material of the craft is it clay no is it wood no it is you the human being so okay so if the human being is the primary material of the craft then like any craft you have to learn what are the characteristics of this particular material. And a human being is an organic material, just like a tree or just like clay. You know, it's not gleaming sheet metal in a factory. Uh, the human being is an organic material. You're going to say something. Um, stand on the shoulder of giants. I really yeah. like that, that, that message. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you're, so what do you think? Uh, what are you thinking? So it's like, it's like you're you're learning from 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 people who have already been down that road. You're learning from 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 experts and masters who that have been down that road and have faced all the trials and tribulations that you have, and they can kind of point you into the right the right area. Which, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic, yeah, it's a great statement. I, I really appreciate. I really like that statement. It was it was it was nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. So tools for living. Yes. So what does any craftsman or craftswoman use? Tools. Tools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And in traditional trades, crafts, and, uh, occupations and professions, tools are different things. You know, some of them are made of steel. Some of them are made of mental thoughts. I mean, tools are interesting, 
items because they are specifically designed for focusing and harnessing energy from the craftsperson and applying that energy in a more focused way to the primary material they're working on. So tools are extremely powerful instruments. In fact, tool makers as a class of craftsmen or craftswomen are really interesting people because they, they create these instruments. And today we call them technologies and we call them all different kinds of things, right? But at the end of the day, they're tools. And in traditional craftsmanship, when an apprentice would enter into a master's workshop to begin their apprenticeship, they weren't even allowed to touch the tools until they could name them, tell what the primary and sometimes secondary uses of the tool was, and then go on to understand how the tool functioned. And then the next thing they were allowed to do was then to clean care and put away the tools of the journeymen and women in the workshop before they could still even apply the tool to the primary material. So what it does is it, it teaches us the fact that everybody who's running out there today and listening to the internet and just grabbing stuff and putting it into themselves inside or outside or whatever you run the risk of not being skilled with those tools and doing damage to yourself or others because you've never trained to use them and you don't know what they are ultimately designed to do. So tools for living is not only choosing your tools well, but then practicing and acquiring skills before you put them to use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a bit lost for words, but um, yeah, look, I just want to thank you, yeah, for for putting this 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 podcast, these episodes out into the world, and yeah, as, as I said, I recommend for people listening to to go check out the Life Masterpiece podcast. It's it's a it's a great it's a great listen. It's there's a lot of information that you can take out of it, and I guess my question for you is, uh, if 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 I want to because my, my next phase, I feel like I, I do want to start a family. And I guess my question for you is, number one, the, the financial aspect. I still don't feel like I can, I'm living by myself at the moment. I still feel like I, I need to, uh, I don't feel like I can support another human being with, with in my financial situation. That's my first right. question. My second right. one, second one is raising kids. I just maybe... Um, it just your experience, if you could shed any, any light on that. Well, I think the questions you are starting to ask now are the types of questions that now start taking us down into, in a deeper level, either one of the five elements of life as a craft or a little deeper into one of the particular phases of which you are in the journey work phase. And I think if you want to explore uh, the topics you just went down into personal and family finance and you were talking about kids, which is raising those kids. And a lot of it will have to do with heritage and family management. You're now getting into what we'll call the subtopics within those larger five categories. And my recommendation would be that you could listen to the specific episode that has to deal with, let's say, personal and family finance and listen very carefully for some of the topics that it talks about that you will learn within that category. And then if you like, book another podcast episode and together we'll go into just that particular area by itself. And that may cause you to then want to bring on additional experts, master craftsmen and craftswomen in those particular feature areas who can then take all of us to the next level. Wow. Okay. Um, fantastic. All right. Well, I think I might end the conversation there. There's, there's still, um, there's still a lot to kind of go unpack. I feel like there's still a lot to learn, but um, we, we've kind of covered the, the, the surface, I feel like of all these areas. So yeah, yeah. that was the big picture for sure. That, that was, was a big, pic big picture podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how can people find you? How can people reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Yeah. So um, the, uh, the, 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 the master's journal and the, and the work that I'm now doing to put 
that all of that in my last phase of life uh, is at the Life Masterpiece Journal is the place where I'm starting to deposit that work. And people can find that um, going to mylifemasterpiece.com. And that will flip them over to um, a platform called Medium, where I'm publishing all of that content. And the audio, the audio files, the audio articles that you listen to are also there and available. Um, but then I recommend, um, because I don't do one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentoring, uh, I don't have a, a practice, a life coach, or I'm not any of those things. Um, the way that people can learn more is that they have to uh, do it through a podcast host. So that would mean they have to come to you and say they're interested in something in particular, whereby then you and I would come together and, and talk okay. about it. Because that's the way I've decided I'm going to release the information to the world. Wow. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. And I uh, hope you learned a few things and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Christian.